From Maine Public Radio and mainepublic.org, I'm Robbie Feinberg with the news on this day in Maine, Monday, March 13th, 2023. This Day in Maine is made possible by listeners and by Now You're Cooking. Celebrating 23 years of selling cookware, kitchen tools, gadgets, and fine wine on historic Front Street in downtown Bath. Open seven days a week. And by Eastern Basements, a division of Maine-owned Eastern Mold Remediation, offering basement waterproofing solutions. EasternBasements.com. State lawmakers heard hours of testimony on Monday in support of a bill to reestablish parole in Maine. Kevin Miller reports. Maine became the first state in the nation to abolish parole in 1976 as part of what would become a national truth and sentencing movement. But more than 45 years later, criminal justice reform advocates say it's time for Maine to reverse course, just like the majority of states nationwide. Reestablishing parole is good for Maine. It's good for everybody. Joseph Jackson spent 20 years in Maine's prison system and now leads the Maine Prisoner Advocacy Coalition and numerous other groups that work on behalf of incarcerated individuals and those just released. Jackson served on a commission created by the legislature that recommended that Maine once again establish another form of early release granted by a parole board. Jackson says data clearly shows that parole offers incarcerated individuals additional incentives to get an education or improve themselves. Speaking to lawmakers, Jackson says only 5% of the people who graduated from Maine State Prison's college degree program have ended up back in jail, versus more than 60% for the general jail population. The reason it's good is because we have a structure, we have created a structure of accountability that really doesn't work, and it hasn't worked well in a long time. Any CEO of a, of a corporation that had a failure rate of 70% within five years would have lost that job a long ago, and we would have done something about it. It's time for us to do something about this. There are programs in place that allow some residents of Maine prisons to gain early release. The Supervised Community Confinement Program, for instance, allows those with 30 months or less on their sentence to be discharged to supervised living facilities. Nicole Powell says she's been thriving in that program since last May. But she knows many people in jail who can't qualify because they have too much time left on their sentences or because they were convicted of certain crimes. I believe that everyone deserves a second chance. If we truly believe that the judicial system was created as a way for people who committed crimes to pay off their debt, learn to assimilate into society and rehabilitate, we need to offer parole as an option for people who are doing the hard work of making positive change in their lives. The bill is opposed by the Mills administration, as well as some advocates for crime victims and their families, who say parole hearings can reopen wounds and resubject them to trauma. Maine's Corrections Commissioner, Randall Liberty, has argued that early release programs are working and could be expanded without creating a whole new parole system. For Maine Public Radio News, I'm Kevin Miller. Maine lobstermen are suing the California-based Monterey Bay Aquarium over its decision to strip U.S. lobster fisheries of their sustainability certification. Nicola Grisco reports. The Aquarium's Seafood Watch program red-listed lobster last fall, arguing that the fisheries pose a risk to the critically endangered North Atlantic right whale. The new rating means that the aquarium is urging businesses and consumers to avoid buying lobster. But in a lawsuit filed in federal district court, 
Maine lobstermen argue that the aquarium has ignored the scientific data on right whale entanglements and that it made defamatory statements, causing them economic harm. Kevin Lipson is an attorney representing the plaintiffs, which include the Maine Lobstermen's Association, the Maine Coast Fishermen's Association, and three lobster producers and fishing companies. They all say they've suffered monetary damages worth at least $75,000 each because of the aquarium's new rating. Our compensatory damages, the actual pecuniary damages that one could expect will greatly exceed that. And we've also sought injunctive relief, which is essentially asking Monterey Bay Aquarium to rescind their red listing of the main lobster. An aquarium spokesperson says the lawsuit is meritless and ignores extensive evidence of the fishery's risk to right whales. For Maine Public Radio News, I'm Nicole Grisco. An effort to allow cannabis to be consumed at the same place it's sold is running into opposition from Maine's Attorney General and Highway Safety Bureau. Steve Missler has more. State lawmakers have wrestled with allowing on-site consumption of cannabis ever since Maine voters legalized adult use of the drug in 2016. That citizen-initiated law allowed for so-called social clubs, where cannabis could be consumed. But the provision was struck from the law when the legislature finally implemented it several years later. A proposal by Democratic Representative Lynn Williams of Bar Harbor and sponsored by several Republicans and Democrats reintroduces the concept and would allow for cannabis consumption in an area separate from a cannabis retail store. But the proposal is running into opposition from Attorney General Aaron Fry, who said in written testimony to the Veterans and Legal Affairs Committee that it is in direct conflict with Maine's 14-year-old ban on public smoking. The bill also received tepid reception from John Hudak, director of the Office of Cannabis Policy. We want to be supportive of the economic development opportunities presented by this expansion of the adult use cannabis program. But this bill, as written, is entirely inadequate to serve as the basis for establishing on-premise public consumption sites. Hudak told lawmakers that the bill doesn't specify whether alcohol sales would be prohibited, nor does it establish labeling criteria, or even whether on-consumption sites should be licensed separately from cannabis retail stores. He recommended that the committee work with his office to draft an alternate proposal. Maine would become one of roughly a dozen states allowing on-site consumption of cannabis should lawmakers ultimately pass a bill. For Maine Public Radio News, I'm Steve Missler. Meanwhile, Attorney General Fry announced today that communities have a little more than a month left to sign on to five new opioid settlement payouts. The AG's office says the settlements could bring nearly $100 million to the state over 15 years to use for prevention, treatment, and harm reduction. But the total amount depends on participation, and any unclaimed funds will remain with opioid manufacturers and pharmacies. Cities, towns, counties, and school districts have until April 18th to join. The funds would add to the $131 million Maine is already receiving in opioid abatement funds. Maine recorded its highest number of jobs on record in January. That's according to new data from the Maine Department of Labor. The agency reports that the number of jobs in the state increased to a record 648,000 in January, with a significant boost in the leisure and hospitality sector. Maine's unemployment rate also fell slightly to 2.9%. In other news, state lawmakers are considering a bill that would allow a dentist credentialed in a foreign country to be granted a limited license to practice in community oral care clinics in Maine. 
Dr. Timothy O, oh, executive director of the Caring Hands of Maine Dental Center, is working on behalf of the measure with State Senator Nicole Grahoski. The current condition is really a crisis. Um, we have uh, several hundred people reaching out to our clinic alone weekly trying to find um, oral health care. And our clinic in Ellsworth is not singular in this experience. There are uh, unfortunately, thousands of people, who, uh, many who have recently received benefits through uh, relatively new Medicaid expansion, uh, who are unable to find a dentist or a hygienist. The bill modeled after a Massachusetts program would allow those dentists to renew their license yearly for five years. It will get a public hearing on Tuesday at 1 p.m. And in the weather, parts of Maine could see a foot or more of snow from a nor'easter that's expected to hit the state on Tuesday morning. John Palmer, a meteorologist with the National Weather Service in Gray, says that west-central York County could see up to 18 inches of snow, while Lewiston and Augusta could see up to a foot. Uh, maybe a little bit less snow as we head uh, north of the U.S. 2 uh, corridor, so north of Farmington, Bethel, that area, so... The ski resorts might not do as well with this one versus, you know, us down here. Palmer says that the snow is likely to be heavy and wet. That, plus winds of up to 50 miles per hour along the coast, could cause power outages over the next few days. Snow will continue through tomorrow night before slowly tapering to snow showers and flurries on Wednesday. Highs in the 30s across the state. Much nicer weather on Thursday. Partly sunny skies with highs from the 30s to mid-40s. And that's today's Maine news. For more stories, visit mainepublic.org. And coming up on Maine Calling at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, Maine was the first state to abolish parole, but a new bill aims to restore it. We'll learn how parole works and hear from both sides of the issue. I'm Robbie Feinberg. Thanks for listening.